Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah and chapter number 58. Isaiah and chapter number 58. We're in a Sunday school series of truths that every Christian needs to know. And that there are certain truths that every single Christian, everybody who is born again, that they need to know. And we've talked about several different things. We talked about that the Word of God that's something that we need to know, that the Bible is God's precious word. We need to know that God hears and answers prayers. Those are some great things that every Christian needs to know. Now we come to another important lesson that we find starting off in Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter number 58. And notice with me starting at verse number 11. Isaiah 58 and verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make thy fat, or make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, notice the phrase, the Lord shall guide thee. The Lord shall guide thee. And with the Lord's help, we want to be a reminder to you that the Lord can guide you. The Lord shall guide you. And so is it true, is it somehow true that the God of heaven can guide us in what we're supposed to do? You know, in our Christian life, we don't have to hope or guess or think. We can know what God wants us to do. The Apostle Paul how did he know that he finished the course if he didn't know what course he was supposed to run? How did he know that he finished what God gave him to do if he didn't know what he was supposed to do? And we see that all throughout the Bible, that the Apostle Paul would often write his letters and he would say, uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. How could he know the will of God unless that God can guide us. In fact, we see that very plainly stated here in the book of Isaiah 58, that the Lord shall guide thee. The Lord shall guide thee. Notice if you don't mind, let's examine this here. It says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually. So we start off by knowing that God doesn't just say, here, I'll guide you here, but he's always available to guide us. He can guide us continually. Anytime we want guidance from God, he's available. He doesn't hide himself. He wants us to know. Notice this. As the Lord guides us, we can see that he says he'll guide us continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. What's a drought? You speak to me. What's a drought? Uh, opposite of the flood. It's where there's no rain. There's no water. There's no in this case, blessings. There's no things going on here. But here it says he can satisfy our soul in drought. Meaning in the bad times, when times are looking very lean, God can satisfy us because he leads us. He can lead us in the way that we're supposed to go. That even in the bad times, 
we can still be satisfied. Our soul will be satisfied in drought. Notice this in verse 11. And make fat thy bones. Now normally you don't think about um, your bones being fat. But it carries the idea that they're healthy. That we know that if people don't get enough calcium in their diet, we know this in modern science, that they could develop osteoporosis, which is an idea that your bones can become brittle. And so what this is talking about is that if God guides us, he can make it so our bones are strong, meaning with a, it's a poetical type of language, meaning that we're not going to become weak. We're not going to become frail. We're not going to become, he touched me, I'm offended. It's not the idea where, where every little thing is able to break us. We just can't handle it. We need a safe space. They're going to be after us. But it has the idea that no matter what the circumstance, we'll have some backbone to us. We'll have some strength to us that things won't break us. Notice as it says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shall be like a watered garden. Like a watered garden. So here's the, the picture. That the rest of the world is in drought. But what God can do for us as he guides us is that we can be like a well-watered garden. In Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm from, there is a secret. If you add water, anything will grow. The problem is, is you got to add water and you're in the middle of the desert. Because Phoenix, Arizona is not attached to any kind of water source, what they have to do is they have to build irrigation ditches from the Colorado River to the north of Phoenix and bring the water into the desert. Phoenix, Arizona is one of the fastest growing cities in America. 3,000 people move into Phoenix every day, or at least it was uh, just a couple years ago. Can you imagine that? 3,000 people move into the Phoenix area Every day. Now, this causes some logistical problems because they're in a desert. They don't have any water source. They have to bring their water source from everywhere else. So because of this, not everyone ha gets to water their lawn. There are some places like El Mirage, which is um, part of uh, Phoenix. And they only allow you to water your lawn uh, twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's the only time you can water. So what people do is they don't water their lawn at all, they have what is called desert landscaping. Uh, again, out here in Wisconsin, you get plenty of water, so you don't worry about it. There's green everywhere. But out in the desert, there is not. There is brown. For those people who moved from uh, east, moved to the desert, they often miss the green, but because they don't grow the grass, they just paint their rocks in the yard green. So you go out there and there's green rocks just to kind of look like a lawn. And so you have all of this desert landscaping, but the secret ingredient is anything will grow out there as long as you add water. So picture in your mind, nothing but desert. You have Soguero cactuses. Those are the big Joshua tree cactuses. You have desert landscaping. Nobody has a lawn. Everything's ground. But you'll go in the back somewhere, and there is a well-watered lawn. In the midst of all of this gray, in the midst of all this brown, of the earth tones, there's a well-watered lawn, a garden, flowers, food, all of this growing. Because Phoenix doesn't really have a winter, you could even grow uh, food during the winter. 
And so it's a well-watered garden, just a, a patch of green, healthy green in the midst of all the brown. Here, here's this illustration that God is giving us, that if God guides us, that our soul can be satisfied. If God guides us, our bones can become fat. If God guides us, we could be a well-watered garden in the midst of this drought. Notice this other thing it says. And like a spring of water whose waters fail not. In the midst of the desert, the one thing that is precious is water. And so the Bible says if God is our guide, that we could be like a spring of water out in the middle of the desert. And it is continually pumping water. You know how precious that is out in the desert to have your own spring that has water coming up all the time? How important that would be to function in life out in the desert? And so what we see here is God giving us a visual illustration of how important it is for him to guide to us. And so can God be our guide? We know the theme this year is the shepherd and the sheep. And in Psalm 23 and verse number 3, you know what the Bible says? He, that's God, leadeth me beside the still waters. Do you know that God can guide us? God can lead us. He could show us, and the Bible says, in a plain path. He could show us the way that we ought to go. Now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you thirsty. We're talking about water now. I'm trying to get you thirsty. God can guide you. God can direct your path. God can show you where you're supposed to go so that way you can be satisfied. So you can be like a well that doesn't run out of water. Which brings us down to the question, how can God guide us? How can God guide us? With that being said, let's go ahead and let's go to John chapter 3. And the first thing I'd like to show you is the witness within. The witness within. How is it that God can guide us? And John chapter 3, Jesus is having a conversation with a religious leader by the name of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes and sees Jesus in the middle of the night. <coughs> and as he talks to Jesus in the middle of the night, he starts to talk and have a conversation. And Jesus brings up a very strange statement. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. Well, Nicodemus scratched his old silver head and said, I don't get it. It's not like I could crawl back into mom. How does this work? And Jesus explained that we have to have two births. And we must have a physical birth and we must have a spiritual birth. Notice with me in John chapter 3 and verse number 5. Uh, let's go to verse 3. Running start. Chapter, uh, John 3 verse 3. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not again that I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. And so he goes on to explain a little bit what does he mean by this. Well, 
if Josh went up to his mom and said, Mom, was I born? First thing she would do is laugh at you and say, of course you were. But mom, how do you know I was born? You would, she would say, well, I was there. There was a time and a place, right? When was you born? January 26th, so there was a time and a place. You're alive. Well, just as real as his birth was, just as real is the second birth. The moment that you realize that you're a sinner, and because of your sin, you've offended a holy, righteous God, and you deserve hell, that God sent Jesus to die for you, and you personally accept Jesus to be your Savior, the Bible says that God the Holy Spirit comes to indwell and live within you. That you become a new creature. You become born again. Why is being born again such a big deal? That is when God comes to live inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. You now have the Spirit. And this is the key because the Holy Spirit is our guide. The Bible talks about that he's the witness within. That within you, you have a compass. Within you, you have the directions. Within you, you have Siri who can never be wrong. He can guide you into all things the Holy Spirit can. And so this is the first piece of the puzzle. How can I be guided? Well, first of all, you must be born again. You have to have this witness within. Someone who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior cannot be led and guided by the Holy Spirit like we can. And that's a privilege that we have, that you must first be saved. And once you are saved, then God can guide you into what you're supposed to do. As we come to this, we have to understand this is the first piece of the puzzle, but it is not the only piece of the puzzle. Not only must we have the witness within, we also must have the willingness to obey. The willingness to obey. We must be willing to be guided. How does God make us willing to be led? He touches our lives and uses something in the place where we say, not my will, but thine. We often struggle with circumstances why God is working with us. Notice with me in the book of Psalms, Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And we could see this principle given here in the Old Testament. Psalm 37. We have to start off with this willingness to be guided. If someone says, I don't care what God says, I'm going to do my own thing, is God going to guide them? No, because they're not willing. You have to start off with this willingness to obey. God, what would you have me to do? Notice with me in Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thy envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut off like grass and wither away and wither as green herb. Verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. So thou shalt dwell in the land, verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust in him also, and he shall bring it to pass. So what we have here is how God guides us. And it starts by the willingness to obey. What happens is that as we have a desire to follow God, he will give us desires. And we have to be discerning of what is our desires and what is God's desires. If God gives us desires, then what we do 
is that we commit our way to God. God, you tell me what to do. I commit my way. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then he says he'll give us the desires of our heart. So let me give an example. I believe that God has led me to be the pastor. The Bible talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 3, he that desireth the office of a bishop desireth a good thing. Here's what we're saying, word desire, desire. What God did is that God did something in my life, worked in circumstances, and gave me the desire to be a pastor. And then as I said, all right, God, whatever you would have me to do, let me know and I'll step out. And as I was obedient to God and I committed my way to him, he brought those desires to pass. Here I am. What happened here? As I surrendered myself to God, he gave me a desire. As I committed my way to him, he brought it to pass. Does it make sense? You have to have a willingness to obey. So we come in our life and say, God, what do you want me to do? You tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he will guide us. He'll guide us and lead us through desires. He'll guide us and lead us through the circumstances, through his word. We can be guided. He can show us what to do. You know, this is such a practical thing. That God wants to be a help to us. He wants to guide us. He is able to guide us. Jesus mentions this in the New Testament. And the gospel record of John chapter 7. Notice with me in John chapter 7. So we see the Old Testament, the New Testament says the same exact thing. Jesus Christ is in, the, uh, in Jerusalem. They're having uh, one of the fest, feast days. And so a lot of people are gathered together. And in the midst of this, Jesus goes down to the temple and begins to teach. And people begin to marvel and say, how does he know all this stuff? He didn't go to our seminaries. He didn't go through our schools. How does he know all this stuff? And Jesus gives them a great answer in John chapter 7 and verse 17. John chapter 7 and verse 17, the Bible says this, If any man will do my will. Here we see this willingness to obey. That here before Jesus goes on, he says, this is where it starts. You have to be willing to obey. If you're not willing to obey, then the rest of this doesn't work. God, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. If any man will do his will, he shall know. I love that word know. As a scientist, the word know carries the idea to know with evidence, to know with knowledge. So here says, if any man will do my will, he can know of the doctrine, which is our belief and teachings, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. What a great verse. Here's what it says. If any man is willing to do what God wants him to do, God will tell him what to do in a way that he understands it came from him and we can obey. Let me give an example. Someone could say, should I listen to this CD anymore? If you go, God, I don't know if this CD is what I should listen to. If you don't want me to listen to it, I'll toss it. If you want me to listen to it, I'll listen to it. But you tell me in a way I know it came from you. And what happens is you surrender yourself to God and and say you're willing to do what it is, he'll show you whether it's right or not. Maybe he'll open up the Bible in your personal devotions and you read it and go, oh, okay, I understand now. Maybe the preacher will say something and the Holy Spirit inside of you says, there it is, there it is. But God will guide us. God has his part, our part is to be willing. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. Now, 
first piece of the puzzle is that you have to have the witness within. You have to be saved or it doesn't work. Second thing, there's your part in it that you have to be willing. God is not going to take time to show someone who's not willing. You know, hey, I don't care what God says. I'm not going to obey him. Then why should God say, hey, this is what I want you to do? He's got to work on the person's willingness before he shows them what to do. Does that make sense? They have to get to the place where they're surrendered. So the first piece of the puzzle is that they have to have the witness within. They have to be saved. The second piece of the puzzle is that they have to be willing to be guided by God. The third piece of the puzzle is the way that God leads us. The way that God leads us. How does God lead us now? So we're saved. We're willing. How is he going to show us in a way that comes from him? Notice, if you don't mind, in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Here's two ways that God leads us. First of all, he leads us through his word. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. He's given us his word to guide us, to tell us what to do. The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word doctrine carries the idea of what's right. Uh, for doctrine, for reproof, that's what's not right. For correction, that's how to get it right. For instruction, righteousness, that's how to keep it right. So what the Bible does is the Bible tells us what's right, what's not right, how to get it right, and how to keep it right. So the God's word is a light to my path, or a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Now, it goes on a little bit further, that what God does is he just shows us the next step. So let's imagine that we're walking outside in the pitch black. There's no city lights, there's no street lights, there's no house lights. You're walking out in the path by yourself, and you have a flashlight. The flashlight is all it's going to do is show you what the next step is. It's not going to show you what's five miles down the road. For example, if you have a flashlight, how far can you see it? And not that far. It doesn't light up everything that's in the background. But it gives you enough light to see the next step. And then the next step. And the next step. And the next step. So what God does is he leads us step by step. So we start off with the Holy Spirit who's able to guide us. Then we come to the idea that we're willing to obey. Then how does God lead? Step by step through his precious word. So he shows us the next step and then the next step. And as long as we're willing to follow the light, to walk in the light as he is in the light, he'll give us more light. At any time where we say, no, I don't want to go there, and I step away off the path, we get more darkness. So the very simple principle is, is that he guides us step by step. He gives us the next step, and we take it. As long as we're willing to go take the other step, he'll show us the next step. And as long as we're willing to take the other step, he'll show us the next step. At any time where we say, nope, I'm not willing to take that next step, then we're stuck. We don't have any more light. He only shows us what the next step is. Does that make sense? That's the basic Christian life. It's not complicated. It is simple. It is often so simple that people aren't willing to do it. They want to know what's coming 10 years down the road when God doesn't show us 10 years down this road. 
He shows us the next step, the next step, then the next step, and the next step. And so we have the very simple principle that God is able to guide us. How does he guide us? First of all, by the witness within. You have to be saved for the Holy Spirit to guide us. Second of all, he, we have to have a willingness to obey. That as long as we're willing to obey, he'll show us the next step. And that's exactly how he leads. He shows us the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. And so you can be in God's will that you're not worried about what God's will is for me tomorrow, what he's for next week, next year. All you're trying to do is be in God's will today. I'm willing to do what God's given me to do today. And then he'll show us the next step. And then the next step. And the next thing you know, you look back in the path and say, wow, look at where God's brought me from. I could have never got here by myself because he led me step by step by step. So now we come to the idea. So what do we do with this? First of all, if you're not saved, you need to get saved so God can guide you. Second of all, you need to be willing. You need to be willing. If you're not willing to obey God, God's not going to show you what he has for you. If you're not willing to take the next step, he's not going to show you. You have to have the willingness. You have to be able to say, God, not my will, but your will. You show me what to be done. And then he guides us by his word to the next step. And guides us by his word to the next step. And then the next step. And the next step. If you're not willing to be in his word, guess what? You're not going to know what the next step is. So this is simple, what God has given us to do. We make things complicated. In fact, it's so simple that people are not willing to obey it. But with the witness within and our willingness to obey, the way that he shows us is the next step and the next step and the next step. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.